Hello, fellow children. Hello, fellow children. Join our Glee Club. Yes. Um, yeah. Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. I'm Sam. And I'm Maggie. This is a podcast where we watch the television show Glee. Uh, try to discern whatever meaning, um, was attempted to be imbued, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there's very little. Of course. No, I mean, especially now that we're in the sixth season, um... It's just a hodgepodge of, like, the writers and actors, I assume, being like, well, we haven't done this yet. We're growing less and less enthused to record the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Every week. I think part of it is just that, like, we're busy people with busy lives, and season six of Glee is terrible. Yeah, and it's coinciding with, like, the onset of fall. Yeah. So... And we just moved, and... Like, where we live now is so much better than where either of us lived before, and we have friends and shit. You know, like, anyway, yeah. that's off-topic. Glee. We're talking about Season 6, Episode 2, Homecoming. Um, it is written by Brian Murphy and directed by Bradley Buker. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Brad Buker is just like, you know what? I'm just going to have a good time now. <laughs> some wild-ass choices. Yeah, well, along those lines, it's funny, because this originally aired on January 9th, 2015, with 2.34 million viewers, which might sound familiar, because last episode, the first episode of the season, also aired on January 9th, 2015, with 2.34 million viewers, because these aired on the same night. Mm. It was back-to-back. We just went straight into it. I mean, that makes sense. Like, if I watched the first episode and didn't see Santana, I'd be like, well, fuck this. So they showed the second one because, like... Right. Well, I I think also, along those lines, it was to prove that Glee has no fucking clue what they're supposed to do to, like, appeal to their core audience in terms of just aesthetics. Um, Because the first episode had some bizarre choices, and this episode also has bizarre choices, and no one likes it. Yes, we start the episode with an extremely bizarre choice, uh, where we're sketched into the scene. Yeah, which, okay, you can describe this in a second. I just want to clarify that this happens literally throughout the entire episode, and it's garbage. Well, we'll definitely discuss it every single time it happens, of course. (laughs) Um, So it's sketched into the scene. Um, Let's not get into it too far now. Just know that it looks like the Take On Me Aha video. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, But it goes to normal um, screen pretty quickly, where we flow into a Blaine monologue. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how uh, he was very heartbroken after he broke up with Kurt. Well, after Kurt broke up with him, excuse me. Yeah. And um, how his therapist... I love that they mention these, like, nebulous therapists. Right. Um, advise that he turned to music, his one true love. Um, and we see Blaine in his pajamas on his bed with a, um electric keyboard on the bed with him, and he, like, <laughs> sort of touches it, but it's like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he can't play. Yeah. Um, and... Then we see he his whole life turned around when he got the job at Dalton. Yes. We see him in his huge office, screaming up to the rafters. Yeah, uh, well, also, yeah. We, we see, again, we saw this in the first episode, too. I don't know if we mentioned it, but um, his old warbler jacket is in, like, a glass case. Yep. To, like, I, it's kind like of like a, a trophy shrine. case. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but that's in his office. And, sure. Yep. Yeah, and so he he's he got revitalized. He loves Dalton. Dalton's great, of course it is. He built it. Um, and then there's a whole sequence yeah. about hair gel. Well, where, um, yeah, to yeah. try new things, Blaine was like, maybe I won't gel my hair. Yes, and um, he's like walking around with like a it's like a curly top. I'd say it's like yeah. a. Um, you know, close cut on the sides with like a curly mop on the top. I mean, yeah. If you've ever seen a very Potter musical, you know what we're talking about. I mean, it's Darren, Darren Chris. I mean, yeah. Um, his hair is better than it was when he was hairy, though. Like when he sure. was hairy, it was just like sort of unshapen. This one is very shaped and nice looking. You're kind um, of like a broccoli stock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But a. <laughs> random Dalton student screams terrorist while he points at him. Yeah. Um, and Blaine's like, I even tried not wearing bow ties. And we see him, Blaine in the lima bean wearing um, probably what Darren Chris just wore to set that day. Oh, well, the um, jacket. Yeah. A leather jacket with a black button up underneath and a black pair of jeans. And very like, you know, stage hand. Yes. Kind of vibe. Um, and when he goes to up to Sam, Sam's like, huh, I don't know you. Stay away! Yeah. Like, yells at him for some reason. Sam has had, like, a break from reality. Yes. <laughs> by the way. Yeah, we're gonna cover that soon. But, um, yeah, and then Blaine tells us, but then I met Dave and realized I didn't need to change who I was. I'm perfect. <laughs> so that's why he has hair gel and, you know, wears bow ties for the rest of this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, uh, we get to the real meat of this, which is that, um, he so we meet a new student. Yeah, Blaine um, um, yeah. is at Dalton and is approached by Jane, who is a um like sort of thin-ish, um, tall-ish okay. black girl. Yeah, with beautiful natural yes. hair. Yes, no, yeah, everything about her is lovely. We're right, recording under two separate blankets today. Yeah, we will. We want our audio quality to be good. So we are completely shrouded in two separate blankets, but we are in the same room. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, this way it's like we're in two different rooms, but <laughs> not, I guess. Um, oh my god. But yeah, back to Jane. So Jane intros herself, and we find out that she is she's wearing a Dalton jacket also because she's going to Dalton, um, and she tells us that. She's Legacy. Her uh, father and a few of her uncles went to Dalton. And so uh, her father and her parents, I guess, were able to petition Dalton to be able to... There was, like, there was yeah. like a threat of a lawsuit yeah. um, that's implied. And she wants to be a warbler. Yes. The dean of uh, performance arts told her to talk to Blaine. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. And Blaine's like, what? Yeah. Like, that's basically the reaction shot we get. It's also weird because she, like, chased him out to his car to have this conversation. Like, yeah. Blaine won't even give her the time of fucking day because he's an ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go back to uh, McKinley where we see Sue having an announcement about homecoming. Yep. Um, this is over top of, like, is it Rachel? Yeah. It's definitely Rachel in the halls. Uh, we get a few shots of Sue herself as well. Um, basically, Sue's, like, Look out for all the people coming back for homecoming. Be warned about their beer bellies and liver spots. Yeah. Also, I'm canceling the dance because of, oh, let's call it Sharia law. Um, yeah. 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 Sue this is, is over top of Rachel, like, going to look at the sign-up sheet for Glee that she posted. Yep. Um, and it's just covered with, like, you know, I'm a butt or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then... We 
we get, so she's looking at this sign-up sheet, and we get maybe our only slushy of the entire season. Um, I don't know about that, Sam. We'll, we'll see. Becky comes up, because Becky's here for homecoming, um, and slushies Rachel and calls her a Lima loser. The subtitles got it wrong, though. Yeah, well, it. I mean, we know it's Lima loser because we've watched all of Glee. The yeah. person who did the subtitles probably hasn't because they're smarter than us. Yeah, maybe. Um, they In the subtitles, they put, I'm a loser, which is like, what the fuck? Yeah, that doesn't really make Becky sense. Becky wouldn't scream that. She'd scream, I'm a loser, as she slushies Rachel. Woo! Yeah. Um, then we see Rachel recounting her trauma right. to uh, Blaine, Sam. Well, Blaine is not there. It's Kurt and Kurt, Sam, Sam and Will. Uh, and Will, all yeah. at Will's apartment for a dinner party. Yes. Uh, and Blaine does arrive late. Yes. Um, <laughs> Notably. So I asked... <laughs> I asked here, where's Emma and the baby? Well, they don't exist. Mm, yeah, seemingly not for this. No. Um, and when Blaine arrives late, we had to, like, pause and return to see um, exactly what Kurt's facial expression was. And I would say it's summed up by um, this um, quote that I imp- improvised in my notes. I remember when Blaine was late for our dates, wistfully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's... I just thought it was funny because, like, I feel like the show makes a point of, like, zoning in on Kurt's face when Blaine is like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. <laughs> um, God. And then, but anyway, so they're, they're having Why this dinner. Why am I always the first one to arrive? <laughs> but they're having this dinner, and it turns out the kind of purpose, I guess, well, I guess the first thing. It's to establish rules between yeah. all these um, in-competition choir coaches, right. I guess. Yeah, because Rachel and Kurt are kind, Rachel is the captain slash co-captain that is not established yet um i love the idea of rachel being captain and kurt being co-captain <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's where we're headed that's definitely um, what's gonna happen yes um and uh sam is there because he's just in the show yeah well um, he, he has nowhere better to be but yeah so before, even though he um is the assistant football coach so. the water boy yeah um but before before they get to this like ground rule stuff blaine regales them all with this harrowing tale of the fact that a girl asked to be in the warblers today yeah and everyone is like bitch <laughs> specifically what they say is you can't be on the wrong well, side of history blaine specifically like, what will says yeah and but that's like he doesn't tell him to let jane in right. no one actually says that yeah it's just all this sort of like beating around the bush language yeah which i mean i i mean i think I didn't. I don't remember the exact conversation. Rachel seems pretty in favor of just letting Jane in of because course. Rachel is smart and also a woman. You know, birds of a feather. But like, I just, I just hate Blaine so much. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we go next to the Warblers Council meeting, um, and I think the the best quote because um, the Warblers are all fighting about the question of letting Jane in or not. And one of the younger warblers yells, "The warblers is a house of lies." Like, stands yeah. up and screams that, which is, I love that. Is he one of the younger ones? I thought he was one of the um, older ones. He's one of the warblers who's there. Yeah. Uh, the council is some dude, some like. Well, it's three dudes, yeah, obviously. Like a, yeah. a weird, like libertarian tea party. Yeah, there's gay bro. Yeah, so effectively. 
like, they're arguing about this, and one yeah. dude keeps bringing up this thing where it's he's like... It's like a slippery slope argument. Yeah, where, where he's, he's like, like well, oh, like, what's yeah. to stop cats from joining the warblers? What's yeah. to stop dogs from joining the warblers if we let a woman in? Right. It's like, what? Yeah, it's, it's really stupid. Honestly, I just kind of hate this in general, because... Well, I, I think it's actually... It's... It's... I actually am not pissed at Glee for this. I hate the Warblers, not Glee. Yeah. Because, like, I think this is actually a pretty good representation of how shitty boys clubs are. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's good. It's just, I also hate watching it because these dudes suck. No, totally. And, um, the, the main council guy, like, the guy who seems in charge, seems, like, mediated and chill. Yeah, no, but, I, you know, well, but my issue is that he seems too, I, what, populist? Is that a, Ooh, yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit. Yeah, because he, he seems to be on the side of, like, well, we can't, like, we, we can't jump to any conclusion, and, like, he also yeah. is the one who's, like, well, we, we may or may not be able to let a girl in. But that's, that's but, first, yeah. before they get there, Blaine intervenes yeah. and says that they need to be on the right side of history, quoting Stolen straight from Will, yeah. And then he does quote Dr. King. Yeah, that, oh God. That's a little much, Blaine. There's, and oh God, um, yeah. that's when the main Warbler council member says that it's an open question whether a girl can be allowed into the Warblers or not. Uh, but they should play in an audition regardless to hear Jane sing. Is does the white savior trope extend to like men advocating for women? Like, does that count? I Is there think a... it's just like somebody advocating for women. Like, it's not like it's not a fucking well, white savior trope. If like if you're advocating for women, it's just something that needs to be done. Well, no, but I mean, I just feel like the way that this episode is portrayed, like. It's. I just feel like Blaine. I don't feels think like it, he's it does not portray the... Blaine as a hero at fucking all, <laughs> and I don't know how you see it that way. Yeah. It portrays Blaine as somebody who cannot um, cannot grasp things that need to be done yeah. and needs somebody else to tell him what the right thing to do is, so that he can literally parrot it to someone else. Well, but see, that's why though. Like that's why I think it's that way because I feel like someone who was actually impassioned about it would be fine. It just feels like Blaine is literally just like canned doing like like you know what I mean? Like I, I just I mean it's not bad that he's advocating for this woman. It's just that it feels like he's doing it for the wrong reasons, maybe. Yes, I'm and that's clumsy. part of his yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... Okay, so yeah. we go back to Lima. Uh, they, Jane's gonna audition. We yeah. go back to Lima, and uh, we see Rachel and Kurt organizing music in the choir room. Oh my god. Oh my god. So <laughs> the scene starts with Rachel being like, okay, so I have this decade here, um, so where should I put this one? And Kurt's like, you're organizing it by decade? <laughs> Yeah, and so... Then, and Rachel's like, wait, how are you organizing it? And we find out that Kurt's been organizing music by emotion. Yes, and honestly, they argue about this, and it's not even really by emotion. It's more by, like, very specific, like... Kurt's like, oh, well, this stack is for makeovers. Yeah. Oh, well, this stack is for when we need to have a diva off or something. Right, yeah. And it's like... That's not emotions. <laughs> that's also, just... that's not organization. No. Well, and I mean, you could argue that it is a form of organization, but it's obviously the worst it's only one. for like, Kurt. Yeah, I... See, how if would you... If you're organizing music for a choir, yeah. you need to have it by, like, an understand... An, like, 
a generally understood measure. Right. I, you my, know? I like, have, fucking time. Yeah, okay. So you're on the time train. See, I was thinking it should be by name, because I oh, feel like name artist. is clearer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, but that could get weird, because, like, musicals don't technically have an artist, so you just yeah, do, I guess, musical name. Yeah, just be, like, the original name. cast recording. Yeah, Ugh. I don't know. But the nice thing is, we don't have to worry about this, because... They don't have any members, so it doesn't really fucking yeah, matter. Yeah, when they get into this organizing fight, um, Kurt turns it into him yelling at, at Rachel about recruitment. Yeah. Because apparently that's her job. <laughs> uh, and uh, Rachel, Kurt leaves in yeah. a storm out for some reason, and Rachel hears a voice through the vents. Yes. Um, somebody singing, and Rachel's like... <gasps> Yeah, this is and, where this is where we get the first fisheye lens out of the yeah we the get a fisheye lens vent yeah from the vent. We also get a few shots that are um that have the vent obscuring the frame. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, well, and I do I do like this little subversion here because the first place it seems that Rachel goes is the boys' locker room. Yeah, she goes to the boys' <laughs> locker room and is like, I'm not looking, boys! Except her fingers are wide splayed open. Yep. The ones that she has over her hand, her face, I mean. Yep. Um, so she's definitely looking. Yeah. Uh, she eventually finds Sam in the hallway, just standing, staring at something. And Rachel's like, oh, you hear it too? And that's when Sam says, you mean they're ringing? Only in my left ear? Yeah, I've heard it for years. I just never told Will because... I, I was scared or something. Well, and... no, 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 no. We can't skip over this because he says something along the lines of, I never told Will because he's like a god to me, which yeah. is a buck wild thing to say, but also, like... And then he also says, now I feel like I can tell you anything. Yeah. And, except Rachel has obviously not been listening to him this entire time. Yes. And instead, like, oh, great, I think, I think the song is coming from here. Okay, bye. <laughs> yes. Well, and, um, yeah, and it's just, this is where we really, like, get to, like, think about the fact that Sam, Sam has kind of gone off the deep end a little here. <laughs> like, he, I he moved back could, home. We can, oh, so, so we can ra- rationally explain that Cord Overstreet is just having more of a fun time yes. here on the show. <laughs> yes. But, um, what it seems in in the narrative is that Sam has had a break from reality. Yes. Well, because and I mean it makes sense if you think about cuz like he had to he had to move home after a breakup with his girlfriend. He like is working at his high school. He's, you know, he, all of his friends kind of left him, yeah. but then now they're all back but they're all going through like really rough times in their life. So like I don't know, it's just I can understand also, he probably has tinnitus, and, like, you know, that happens for musicians, which sucks, and also people of our generation now, because we all listen to music in earbuds, so that's great. Um, um but yeah, yeah, so Sam is going deaf. Yes. Okay, we, um, then we go to the house at the, in the auditorium, where we see that Kurt has found the quote-unquote god mic. Yes. I wrote that down because it was just, like, odd that they called Will a god less than a minute before <laughs> they brought up the god mic. Yes. Um, yeah. Because Will has used, used it, it many yeah. times in the show. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, Br- we see that Britannia and Mercedes are here because well, Kurt brought yeah. them in to no. be extra help for recruiting. No, no, no. 
isn't it? Well, first of all, Rachel yeah. is like, oh, our fight, you know, like, Kurt's like, I want to apologize. We both said some things. And Rachel's like, no, you were right. I need to do a better job of recruiting. Mostly because she heard this mystery male, like, this mystery singing voice, and she's very excited about it. And that's when Kurt is like, oh, well, I brought in some help. And oh, that, I thought Rachel brought in help. No, it's okay. Kurt. Sure. And um, we see Britannia and Mercedes that they're here. Yeah. And then we go to another scene sketch well, in. Well, oh, no, my God. We, we introduce everyone. It's like... Britanna, Mercedes, Puck. Puck, Quinn, Artie, and then Tina arrives last. Yeah, <laughs> and no it's mic, a joke. though. What? No mic. No mic, that's true. No mic. Corgly only, except mic. Boo. So everyone's here, um, and we go to the choir room with another scene sketch in. Um, we find out that these sketches, like, sketch sequences are happening because Artie is doing a storyboarding class. Yes. And is suddenly a pencil artist. Yes. Um, okay. I know this offends you very much, but I think it's funny. I mean, they- <laughs> it offends me that it's, like, just so fucking stupid. Right. Like, the only reason why they frame the entire episode is because... Probably Ryan Murphy is obsessed with the Take On Me AHA music video. Right. And it's like, oh, well, I don't get to make many more episodes of Glee, so I gotta do this now. And, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. It's not an interesting artistic choice. It's just copying a music video. Yes. Well, and the bigger issue, it, at least honestly also in my opinion, is that, like, the conceit that Artie is, like, also suddenly, like, a pencil artist for film school is just, like ridiculous like yeah just because you're a film like person doesn't mean you have to know how also, to like your storyboards um yeah. shouldn't be photorealistic probably there's yeah. no fucking point in drawing them that way yeah but so i mean along so we're, we're actually getting it, to the meat like, yeah. so Artie is like drawing and quinn's like oh are you drawing me and Artie says no just your boobs and then quinn Yuck. laughs because that's Artie. um <laughs> that's just Artie to only talk about my boobs <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so the, they sorry, Kurt and Rachel <laughs> ask too much. Kurt and Rachel ask for the the whole old group's occasional help. They're yeah, like, yeah, to, you know, we need your help sometimes. We know you can't be here all the time, but whenever you can. It's to make the legacy of our club live on. Yeah. Uh, they rouse the troops, and they all sing, take on me. Yeah. They wear bright 80s colors, yep. and there's many filters applied to these shots. Yes. Um, and also a few frames um, clearly done by the art department, just tracing pencil over yes. um, uh, the, you know. Yeah. Uh, originally captured image. Uh, there's like some, so they go into like a animated space, but it's actually the the, the cafeteria. It's yes. like a portal to the cafeteria at McKinley. Well, they they like carry this big wooden frame that like yeah. is a portal to this like drawn realm. Um, but and they, they like yeah. skip yeah around. I mean, this it's very like. Going out to recruit yes. kind of number, yes. which is I guess well, nice. it starts that way. Um, but then we cut to Sue comes into the choir room and sees these storyboards on the piano and draws herself into them. Yeah, and, um, and, and then she, Sue is in yeah. them. She has like photorealistic reactions on her face. Yes, which are so different than how everybody else looks. Yes. So it's just like, uh. Yeah, and then she chases them down an un- a nondescript hallway yeah. and like throws them around like yep. literal assault. Like 
actually throwing them into walls. Yeah. And and, and they when the impact happens, they flash out of the drawn realm into in, reality. Yes. Um and then they all escape from her uh roadrunner style by painting a hole in the wall and going through it back to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Um which is just it's so weird. It's very strange. And it's they don't recruit like honestly spoilers, we do see one person who is not in Glee, kind of, like, dancing along with them in the cafeteria. But, like, that's it. Like, we don't see any, like, they, they're they not doing a very good job of recruiting anyone. They don't get anyone's names. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's stupid. So the next scene is a monologue from a no-name transfer from Chicago. Yes. I say that because he does not introduce himself. No. Um, Which I guess, like, it would be weird to be like, Hi! Yeah. I'm Finn, in, like, do, your own do, brain. <laughs> yeah, do you normally monologue and think about you're introducing yourself to whoever's listening? Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so we find out that it's No Name's senior year. Yeah. And that he loves male music artists yeah, he, pretty much only. He loves male singer-songwriters, including rap artists. Um, and he's also fat. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he brings it up. I, I want to make a point here. I actually really like this. Yeah, no, I think it's great that they have a fat person that isn't a black woman on the yeah. show. Well, I mean, and we also had, like, Lauren Zeiss, I guess, back yep. in season two, but, like, this is honestly one of the first times we've ever had, like, a male, like, fat person. I mean, which Karofsky isn't small. No, that's true, but he was on, like, football, I mm-hmm. guess, which means that it felt like maybe it could be, like, a little more muscular. But, like, that's the thing. I'm just happy that we have more representation. Some body diversity. Yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, so... What's that noise? It's probably a bathroom. Probably a pipe. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Uh, so, we see uh, Rachel in the hallway come, come up and yes. poke him um, as he is sort of looking at the sign-up sheet for Glee. Yes. And she says, are you thinking about signing up for Glee? And we find out that his name is Roderick, Mm -hmm. and uh, Rachel harasses him um, down the hallway into the choir room, Yep. uh, where she's like, oh, well, you can just pick out all the sheet music that I have laid here. You can take a look and see if you find something. Yeah, and and she's like, you have to sing a ballad, and you also have to sing something upbeat. And And Roderick's like, like, "Um, yeah, I don't think this is for me, bye. Yeah, I have after school stuff I need to do already, bye. And then Puck is there, and he's like, good job, Rachel, you scared him away. And this is where we see Puck's haircut. Yes. Uh, I want to discuss my haircut conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> so Puck has, like, sort of a high and tight haircut. Yeah. But he also has three stripes shaved into one side. Yes. Very artsy. Yes. Um, And I just want to propose that maybe Puck isn't in the military. <laughs> yeah, so um, we, we talked about this when we watched the episode. Um. Yeah. Like from what I understand yeah. about the military, even the Air Force, is that you need to have um, very specific haircuts yeah. and, like, a very specific look, and that those sort of shaved-in stripes would not be Not allowed. fly, for the pun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I that's the thing. I don't really have a lot of military experience, so I can't really, like... But, like, I love this theory that Puck... Didn't make it, yeah. but is just lying to everyone yeah, to think, try to keep up appearances. I think maybe he started and tried to do it. Yeah. Um, much like he has done many things. Right. Um, and then it just like didn't work out, and he's crashed and burned. Uh, he 
is wearing like those dress blues every time we see him now. Yeah. Yep. So I'm wondering if like just every time he knows he has to see people from high school, he's like, I'm just gonna wear these. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, and continue this lie. <laughs> I mean, to um, be fair, uniforms are pretty uniform, but I yeah. Because I, I just have a feeling that you know maybe. Puck has done many things where he just ends up, like, lying and yeah. feeling shame. Yeah. Uh, so it would make sense that that's what's happening here. You know, he joined the military because he wanted to, like, honor Finn's legacy. And he doesn't want to disappoint the Finn tree. So right. yes. whenever he's at McKinley, he wears the dress blues. And yes. Well, and... Yeah. You're like, he's lying he's, to Quinn, too. Exactly. He's with Quinn, and Quinn is attracted to the fact that now he's more grown up and more, like, you know getting his life on track, so he needs to keep it up for that, too. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty plausible, and it, like, Puck is just a mess. Anyway, I mean, so... Puck is a mess, which is, but we're not going to hear anything about any of this, because... No, of course not. We don't have that much time in the season, for one, and for two, they don't give a shit about character growth or character development now. It's just about the, like, you know, reiteration of the theme. It's about a reiteration of Ryan Mur Murphy's season Ryan Murphy's thesis yeah. of bringing disparate people together with music. Yeah. And it's just going to happen again. Um, it's going to be a different batch of glabies, but yeah. glabies too. Here they come. <laughs> um, we see Jane next uh, in Dalton. Blaine comes up to her and tells her that she isn't in the Warblers automatically, but they will let her audition. Right. It's just not guaranteed that she's going to be in. Right. Um, and Jane just smiles at the hater and is just like, hmm, so I'm going to have to uh, audition for this group that my dad didn't have to audition for. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. she's pissed, um, and Blaine cites, like, just, like, a historical fallacy through a long-ass anecdote about how the Warblers whistled at some president. Yeah, no, and... yeah how they backed up Francis Scott Key <laughs> as he sang the Star Spangled Banner for a dying president. Like, I just, this and, lore, yeah, this lore, Blaine though. is just like, see, we can't, ch we can't add ladies because we have a past. Right. And, and Jane's just like, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And um, then Blaine, for some reason, is like, you know what? You need a mentor. And introduces Jane to Rachel. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, it's nice because Jane knows Rachel. Yeah. Um, is very excited and, you know, compliments Rachel on how she's famous and successful. And, uh, and Rachel, Blaine's yeah. just like, great. Uh, I'm out. Seems like you two are getting along, so I'm done here. And leaves. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's obviously, lay, like, laying some steps of um, an evil plan that right. will resolve yeah. soon soon yes. here. Um, and, yeah, Rachel, I guess, tells Jane how to stand. Yeah, no, so she, she gives her some pointers, I guess, on, like, making her presence bigger on the stage. Yeah. Um, but then they, they discuss... Uh, Jane's musical tastes, and uh, Rachel snoops, grabs her phone, and looks through her music, and notices that uh, uh, Janelle Monae's Tightrope is the most played song, which Jane gets very excited to talk about it, and Rachel's like, I guess, I think we found your audition number. So. Uh, then we go to the locker room at McKinley, yes. where we see Kurt, for some reason, Reaching out to Spencer, the post-gay post teen. Yeah, postmodern gay teen. Um, I love 
Spencer. Spencer's amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> when I, I asked Sam, I was like, does Spencer look like me? And Sam was like, well, he doesn't not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... There is definitely a resemblance, which is why I think you like Spencer. But Well, and I feel like I sort of echo the postmodern. <laughs> sure. Well, so yeah, so they, they have this conversation because Kurt is trying to recruit Spencer because, of course, because Spencer is gay. He's gay and he plays football, I guess. So he must want to be on in the, you know, in Glee for some reason. I guess, like, what must have happened was that Rachel was like, Kurt, I met this guy. <laughs> well, honestly, it could also be something where it's like Sam is like, oh, there's that gay guy on the football team. He's a real sweetheart. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he should be in Glee. And then Kurt's like, okay, guess we're going to go but talk to the gay guy. But this chat is, like, so ridiculous. The no, only reason why it's here is so that Spencer can have a long-ass speech about how he doesn't need role models well, um, and he doesn't <laughs> want to be in Glee because he thinks it sucks. Yeah, I mean, that is true. What I like about it is that... um. Kurt is like, well, I paved the way for you to be who you are. And, and Spencer's like, huh, did you? No, <laughs> well, the best part, <laughs> Spencer's like, um, no, Modern Family did that. And ah! it's just like... Take fucking that, Glee, take it! Yeah. I mean, it's not like Modern Family has a great representation of gay people either. No, honestly... all they do is constantly fight. Well, but see, that's the thing is, I think it actually might be more informative that Spencer pointed that one out, because Spencer is a bit of an ass. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, so, Kurt tries to talk to Spencer, and Spencer's like, yeah, bye, bitch. Um, and then we go back to Dalton, where we see the first number of the episode... Second? second. We already second saw take, take on, on me. me. Yeah, well, but before we get to the number, we, we start outside. It's right before Jane's audition. Jane gets a text from Rachel Starberry in her <laughs> phone. We see it on the screen. It's not emoji star. No, it's just, it's just a, like an asterisk. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just wishing her luck. And then Jane goes in and does the damn thing. How how many emojis were there in 2015? I don't know, six. There were a lot. <laughs> Smile, sad, cat. Star? Star? No, I don't think Star was made yet. I don't know. I can't remember. Eggplant okay. and Peach, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, So we see Jane perform Tightrope. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Of course. She sounds amazing. Yeah. She's a great vocalist. And uh, the Warblers, like, get up and dance with her. And, yep. like, sing with her, sing her backup. And guess what? They're stringing her along the whole way, guys. Well, um, I mean, spoilers. This seems to go very well is the thing. We do have a moment where the, like, populist dude, yeah, like, the, goes around to try to, like... The main council you. member is, like, trying to push people out of the way. Yeah. Well, he, he's, like, he's like getting... He's, like, trying to, like, pull people out of the dance, I guess, to be, like, stop doing that. Um, he goes but, up to Jane yeah. at the very end of the song, and as her power move, she, like... Puts her hand down. I'm trying to do it, uh, yeah. but it's underneath the blanket, so Sam can't even see me. Um, and but uh, I but I watched it. Yeah, she she like yeah, she makes like an arc with her hand. Yes. And she p- pulls her hand down for a handshake. Like yep. shake my hand, bitch. And um, yeah. The, yeah and then and then he does. The warbler does shake her hand, and yes. she's like, "Yes, fucking aced it." Yeah. And we're like, when you watch it, you're like, "Yeah, she fucking aced it. Good yep. job, Jane." Yep. And we all think that she's gonna be in the warblers. Next, we go to um, the 
meeting of the Tea Party Patriots at McKinley. Yeah. Puck, Quinn, Mercedes, Sam, and Tina are all here to, um... Recruit, I, I guess? Yeah, they're there to talk about Glee Club to these kids. Yeah. Um, Puck introduces himself as Airman First Class. Hmm. Which, I mean, I, that could be a real thing. Like, <laughs> no, I think it is maybe a real thing. I don't know. But, like, how long has he been in the military? Is that really a rank that he could get to yeah. over the course of, like, maybe a, a year, year and a half? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he intros himself, and then uh, Mercedes brings up that, like, well, Mercedes and Quinn talk about how they were all in, like, the, like, celibacy club. and conser- Yeah, God Squad and all that. Um, and then... Uh, and then the Tea Party Patriots are like, we don't need your kind here. We're actually very busy with doing our Tea well, Party Patriot thing because yes. of the Muslim welfare state that Obama created. And um, they're well, all just like, hmm. Well, I think part of it, what it is, is that, like, Puck calls them all losers for not yeah. wanting to do... Glee, and then like one of them is like, I was taught to respect my elders, but please don't call us losers. And then this dude goes off on this big, stupid speech about how like Obama ruined the country and they're gonna save it because they're fucking in high school or whatever, those fucking nitwits. But it's all white people, by the way, folks. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. And then uh, <laughs> Mercedes does not react <laughs> kindly to this. Yeah, Mercedes is like, okay, bye, hell to the no. Yes. Um, and she leaves, yep. and as she's going, um, Quinn is like, I'll take these, and, yes. <laughs> and takes the, <laughs> the cupcakes that she had brought with her to give to them. Yeah. Um, and as she's leaving, Sam um, goes oh up to God. these, yeah. like, the heads of this club and are like, Oh, and Quinn, she had lesbian sex with a with a Latina person, and like they're just and like, then and then does like a like an explode kind of it's like and it's like I hate this scene. I hate everything about this scene. This scene is garbage. And he like grabs Quinn from behind, like her and, hips, and she and just laughs. And she just laughs maniacally, <laughs> which like before we watched this scene, I was like, Sam, imagine that they're all on acid. <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense, but not much. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I just... Mostly, I, I hate this scene. It, it didn't just feels like they, they're putting in so much less, like, actual acting effort than right. they ever oh. have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but also that, like, they shoehorned in this thing with this Tea Party Patriots So that club. they could say the phrase Muslim welfare state. Yeah, and the Obama and the homo elite. Um, but uh, Tina has the thing where she's like, what's happening to America? And that's when that comes up. Stupid. But, like, it's just, it feels it's like stupid. it was a soundbite for them to use in ads yep. to show that they were representing all sides because, you know, kind people or whatever. Fuck off, It's Lee. not even an all-sides argument. Like, no. it's like, this is just, it's a parody of what the other side is to a certain extent. Right. Um, but, and it's just stupid. Like, it's not, there's no narrative value to it. Yeah. Jokes weren't funny. No. It was just dumb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we go to Dalton next, where we see Jane sitting outside of the Warbler room. Yeah. And as all the Warblers are exiting from what was apparently a council meeting where they discussed her, um, one of, the first one who comes out gives her a thumbs up against yes. his body. Yeah. Um, Which normally all, indicates yeah. that good things are coming. Um, but, but no. So here's what happens. Blaine comes up to Jane and says... She's got. She's all smiles because she's yeah. like, I saw that thumbs up, and everyone yeah. was smiling at me. Sure. Um. And Blaine comes up and says, "The Warblers voted against you." Yeah. 
Which yeah. is um, garbage. And, and Jay's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> which, like, yeah, what? What? It's, we talked about it a lot while we watched the episode. Like, is this dramatic irony? Is this, is, was that the intent that Ryan Murphy had when he wrote it? That I mean, I they just... would be so excited when the number was happening so that the audience would think that Jane's going to get in. And then when she does it, it's like a, a subversion mean, of our expectations in a positive way. I mean, no, no, but the, now that we're talking about it though, it does make me think that maybe it is a good representation of just how fucking bullshit the patriarchy is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, like They'll still smile at a woman and like yeah. thumbs up and shit. Yeah. Or like that, that, like, you know, everything could go right because Jane is stellar at what the, what she's doing and still, like, these white men are like, nah, we're good. Um, but Squirrels. obviously she won Blaine over with us this audition. Probably yes. because she jumped on so many tables and couches. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Blaine promises to uh, resign yes. if they do not let her on the Warblers. Yep. Uh, he's going to, like, threaten, I guess, to the school? Quit. Yeah. yeah, like, the whole school to quit. Not, like, threaten the Warblers that he's no. going to leave his position uh, because seemingly they decided. Yes. But, I mean, you'd think that he has the authority to just, if he, I mean, if someone above him could just install a, a new warbler um, when Blaine threatens to resign, like, you'd think that Blaine's gonna, should have the ability to do that if he's, kept, mean, if he's like, Maggie, the teacher teaching them. Maggie, this is what populism is. Hmm. I mean, that's why we have the Electoral College. To I don't know. That, that <laughs> relates to this not at all. Uh, the next scene is actually at McKinley. Yeah. We're outside. Uh, we see the unholy trinity, Brittany, yes. Santana, and Quinn all wearing Cheerios skirts, but Cheerios alum t-shirts. Yep. They look so adorable. Santana's hair is a normal size. Yeah. And they just all look so <laughs> cute. Yeah. Brittany has bangs, and Quinn has her new, like... Pixie cut? Well, it's... It's, the, it's not a Sorry, no, pixie not, cut. Not it's pixie. a bob. Yeah, it's a bob. That's my bad. It's my a bad. bleached bob, which yeah. is also gay. Yeah, it's very gay. It's not a pixie uh, cut. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, it starts off with Brittany saying that uh, Lord Tubbington has fallen into a Ponzi scheme, which mm. is a sad thing to hear, but... Um, they they do a performance of Ariana Grande's problem, um, and with Artie doing yeah. some of the um, the yeah the talky bits I guess. Um, but yeah, they, there's the full Cheerios are here. There's also a marching band. Which okay, let's talk about this real quick. Yeah. Sue claims to have cut all of the arts programs, but at we school, still have a but, full band to play for Glee. Yeah, for certain songs. And, and a marching a band. Marching band. And, like, it's just what? Like I, I guess music isn't the arts. An art? Yeah. <laughs> but wait. Singing. Singing! Ah! Yeah, and so... Um, Sam, I've trapped myself in a logical fallacy! <laughs> but so, yeah. I just... I, I know why we have them, because it makes the music good, but, like... The yeah. consistency here is I mean, there's, just there's not. None. Yeah, there's none. Um, yeah. And I was trying to figure out like what they could possibly be doing to be like outside. Right. 
yeah. during the day performing, and it's probably rehearsal yes, for the homecoming, homecoming game. game. And this is probably like a halftime show. Yep. Um, there's also, but there's a lot of people in the stands, which feels like a weird thing. Yeah, for there's this. like people making like glee in the stands. Which, they yeah, they have like cards. Yes. You know, like when you have like a colored card to make a larger image. Yeah. In stands, that's Pixels, what they're doing. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. Um, and. When the song is over, it's amazing. Of it is. Course. It's very good. Um, the Unholy Trinity do, like, hump the air close to each other, you know? <laughs> um, and Everyone's favorite move. Of course. And Kitty fights with them. Kitty comes out from the crowd and yes. is like, I wasn't transferred because Sue, I re- hate Artie. <laughs> Sue realizes that I'm a winner yeah. and I'm a team player and shouldn't transfer me because I'm a good Cheerio. Yeah. And then Artie's like, oh, well, great. We need you back in Glee. And Kitty's like, bitch, you think I'm going to go back there after you treated me like this? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And, like, fights with them a little bit more. Um, then we meet the Flowers in the Attic twins who yeah. say, can we can, can we audition together in synchronicity? Yeah. Um, and... Like, Brittany, Brittany, Santana, and Quinn all have something to say about it, but it's mostly... I don't see why not. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just, I called it. Kitty is the one who's here. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Her, I like re- Kitty. her rationale for not joining Glee seems pretty weak. I um, mean, her rationale that she wants to stay away from Artie sounds about right. Yeah. But her rationale is more that like Rachel never learns their names, um, which I guess makes a lot of sense if you consider that Rachel is the, like, is the coach. It's like, so that's weird not great. how like Rachel made like, two huge turns. Yes. Like, you know, like, when she left Glee, it's like, I mean, when she left McKinley, it was yeah. like, I don't care about Glee anymore. I have Miata and my life to worry about. Right. And then, like, she's just turned so far in the opposite direction now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's very true. I mean, all these characters have. Like, for some reason, everyone was, like, jazzed to, like, go out in the world and do their thing. And now everyone's suddenly back in Lima Working on this Glee Club. I mean, um, it's sort of like a predictable turn, um, because like I guess, that is a for path Glee. that a lot of people follow. But yeah. I don't know. Um, so Brittany, the in the next scene, Brittany is talking to Kurt about um ideas to get Blaine back. She says that he needs to burn all of his clothing, and I guess dress pers- like a normal person. Yeah, dress like a normal person. Sur- normal person and pursue his dream of becoming the best Barbara Bush impersonator. And Kurt's like, what? No, that's not my dream. That's not my dream. And Brittany says, wow, that's so good. Or, or no, no, she, she doesn't say that, but she like laughs and is like, haha, funny. Yeah, um, I think she's like, no, or something like, but yeah, it's the reason it's why I laughed is yeah. because to me, it read as like, Brittany thinks that Kurt's doing a Barbara Bush impression all the time. Sure. Which um and that yeah. he, and that Kurt saying that phrase was like in Barbara Bush's voice, which is why Brittany would laugh at it. Yeah, I mean I didn't really read it that way. I think it's funny to think of it that way, but it's just like I think it's just classic. Brittany, Brittany. being weird. <laughs> yep. Brittany being wacky. Yep. Oh well, it's okay, um, she's an alien. Yeah. Uh we get another vent voice. Yeah. In this scene, everyone is in the choir room, just like hanging out. Yeah, where um, with with all of their fails, failures, uh, actually getting anyone to join. And they um all hear the vet voice together. Yes. And we start with a fisheye lens with yeah. them all like 
investigating the vent together in the choir room. Yep. And then it switches very quickly to them um, in the in, in a, the hallway on a staircase yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, where we get a vent obscuring the frame, and then like every single person is like has perfectly found a window so that yes. you can see every Glee member all together. <laughs> yep. Like a little bouquet. Um and yeah, sure. And that's when we find out that it's coming from the library. Yes. We see Roderick singing the exact same song in yes. the exact same spot in the library every day, I yep. guess. Yep. Um Habits, Maggie. Routine. <laughs> and they all s- just swarm Roderick and convince try to convince him to join. Um Roderick takes his headphones off when yes. he realizes that there's a massive amount of people around him. And says, oh, well, no one will want to join once you have me. Well, okay. No, I do want to call out the first thing he says, which is that he's like, oh, just, if you're here to beat me up, just let me get in the fetal position first. Um, which is dire. I don't, I don't but... think that the Glee Club really looks like <laughs> a, a group to beat you up. No. Um, but uh, they're like, no, you should join Glee. And then he's like, no one will join if I join. Yeah. No one else will come. And it's like, oh, no, Roderick. <laughs> You're so depressed. Yeah, but they they all they all praise him for how good he is at singing, and they're like, no, you can join. Rachel's like, I'm sorry I came on so hard, but like you can sing whatever you want, blah blah blah. And um, then we get some like weird shit about how like Glee makes you a better person or something. Yeah, like, it's like a whole speech about how good Glee is, but instead of actually listening to that, I just watch Britney yes. back, like her background acting for the whole scene. Yeah. Fucking Heather Morris knows what's up. Yeah. No, it's to be fair, I think there are actually a couple people that are like just doing weird things in the background of this scene. Yeah. Heather Morris is very fun. I also like um just because like all of Britney's background acting Yeah. Screams alien. Right, yeah. Which I, I I also like the moment when Santana looks like she's doing a Pennywise impersonation behind <laughs> Rachel, like, creeping on up. But, yeah. Um. Anyway, but, yeah, they talk about how, like, being in Glee makes you a better person, and it makes you connect with people that you never thought you would, and blah, blah, blah. And we're friends, friends for together. life. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, and now we go to Sue's office, where we get a Sue's journal, uh, back to some Glee form oh, here. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think it is, like, Sue Sylvester is in peak form yes. as a villain right now. Yep. Um, I mean, it is pretty much the exact same pattern she's been doing this entire show. Yes. Um, so it's good that they are consistent with that, I guess. Um, she yeah. frames Glee as her white whale. Yeah. And she informs us that she has a horrible ulcer. That yes. she is aggravating purposefully to with bleed a, out. Yes, yes, with a smoothie of motor oil, bloody mary mix, and bat guano. Yes. We discussed um what a horrible way to kill yourself that is. Yes. Um <laughs> bleeding out from your ulcer because of the bat guano you're drinking. I, it's pro- it's definitely the motor oil. It's I'm I'm honestly the bat guano I don't and think. It might much. even be the like the acidity from the bloody mary mix. It's true. Um and yeah. Sue realizes um like and it's so gross like as she's writing this journal we get like sips of this yeah. like <laughs> yep. smoothie where she's like <laughs> every time yes. she takes a sip yeah. Like, yeah it seems so gross um and we see her make another one as she realizes that she needs a pawn yes. to destroy the glee club from within yeah uh she needs 
the gay kid, which is what that's what yeah. she's written in her journal and underlined. So yes. we know she means it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's very like again, Glee. At its at its most Glee, we had Quinn and Santana and Brittany, and then we had. That's it, I guess, because I guess she tried to use that one Cheerio a few seasons back, um, but that Cheerio never joined Glee. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Kitty was kind of her agent for a bit, too. Kitty, I don't know. yeah, sort of. Yeah, so anyway, it's very, very Sue to be like, oh, I need someone to infiltrate the Glee Club so I can pepper it with bad ideas. And as you said, she's landed on the postmodern gay teen, Spencer, Um and then he suddenly in her office and explains to us this line of thought that he would infiltrate the Glee Club for her. Um, and he's like, so you want me to act as your spy to take it down from within? Yes. And Sue's like, well, yes, of course. And Spencer's like, fuck you. Yes. And <laughs> Sue uh, offers him a Tom Brady flashlight. Oh, my God. Which he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my favorite part is he laughs a little bit when she says it. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sue's like, oh, well, I could get some anti-nausea medication if I have to talk to Coast Beast about yeah. making you starting quarterback. And Spencer, instead of um, asking, saying that he'll do it or, like, saying that that's a good thing for Sue to do, he says... Well, Sue, and every time he calls her Sue, she's like, Principal Sylvester? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yep. sort of cowed, because Spencer is, um... A, a presence. Sort of a bully, yep. but in a good way. Yep. Um, and he's like, you should know these two things, Sue. One, I'm not for sale. And two, if you want to take down the Glee Club, you'll need better items. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> I don't... Hmm... I don't really get it. Are you saying that you're for sale just for better stuff? <laughs> or, I just, I don't know. I just, it's weird. Um, and we did yeah. discuss at length what a Tom Brady fleshlight could be. Yeah, which... <laughs> Is it mouth or butthole? We don't know. We don't, I don't want to talk about it again. It's not worth it. <laughs> Sam was like, but look at the legs of the box. Yeah. <laughs> Go back, look at the legs. <laughs> it was, we spent too much energy on that. Anyway, so... Um, it seems like that's not going to be Sue's in yet. No. But, uh, then we move to, oh god, the drawing shit again. We're, yeah. we're going to Roderick's we sketch audition. sketch in of yeah. Roderick's audition. Yeah. This, like, sketch in theme is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, and he sings Mustang Sally. Yeah. He sounds great. I like his vocals. They're not, like too forced. No. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he's an actual good singer. Yeah. Um, and the unholy Trinity back him up on three stand mics that they just grab from nowhere. Yep. And guess what? He's in. This yeah. is after Rachel's like, Oh, well we'll be posting the casting sheets this well, week. And then Kurt's like, just yeah. let him in. <laughs> yes. um, and he's in the club. Hooray. Yes. Uh, that, I don't, there's not much to say about um, the song itself other than the band seems cool and diverse, more diverse than they used to be. Yep. Specifically, there's, like, two women in the band. That's cool. Yep. Um, um, the other, yeah. I just, it's not my favorite song. No, like, he does, a, he does a very good job. It's I just... I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, we hear Sue introing Becky over the PA system next. Yes. Um, because she's, like, the grand marshal for homecoming. Yes. And Becky has some rules. Uh, there's... Yeah. Firstly, um, you have to wear school colors. Or else Becky will tase you. Yep. Secondly, you can't make out under the bleachers, because that's where Becky's going to make out. Yep. And thirdly, 
Um, you need to find a book. To, you need two books. Two books you want to burn. Yeah, at, at, at the bonfire. And then Sue's just like, no. And no, Sue's like, that's sacrifice. Enough. <laughs> We're going to sacrifice the losing team. But what's great about this is that um, we, we get some shots of Sue and Becky in Sue's office doing this, but our other shots are just random people in the hallway, and then Rachel sitting at a piano on the auditorium stage. Yeah, and she, no reaction no. from Rachel, <laughs> and, even yes. as they're wrestling for yes. the mic over yes. the PA system. Ra- Rachel's just, like, fucking stone-faced, unfazed. Yes. Um, and uh, Rachel unfazed, uh, Kurt and Roderick come in, uh, for Roderick to be like, why don't we just have class here? I'm the only person in the club. Yes. And then Rachel's like, no, it's tradition to have Glee Club, the first meeting of Glee Club in the choir room. So we need to do that. Also, I'm only saying this because Jane is here. Well, You're not the only person now. It, it's a naggy. You ruined the surprise because Rachel just says, you're not the only person in the club. And Whatever. then... Blaine storms in. Yeah, storm in Blaine. He's pissed, of course, um, because Jane was poached. He's like, we said no poaching. Yeah. At dinner, we said it. Yes. Uh, Blaine calls off all the rules because he's upset that Rachel would do this. And Rachel's like, well, Jane came to me, so. Yeah. Um, Uh, And this is when we get a flash to Jane um, appealing to Rachel about being in Glee, about how... Sue Sylvester has made McKinley um, on par with a private school, so her parents are okay with her going there. Yeah. Uh, she just wants to make sure she can be in Glee Club. Yeah. And, yeah, seems like it's all going to work out. And Kurt's like, yeah, I mean, the Warblers didn't want her. And that's when Blaine is like, don't be all loving about this, Kurt. Yes. Um, well, I guess Kurt might say something a little bit nicer, but... Yeah, you know, Kurt, Kurt's like... Um... I mean, I don't Kurt Kurt is trying to be like a mediator here, and then Blaine is like, You were in on it. You knew you're doing this because of me and Dave. Because of me and because you're upset that me and Dave are dating. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Blaine is like, I'll never forgive you about this. <laughs> Pretty much. Well the best one, like during this, like Roderick is like, uh, I'm gonna go. And everyone's no, like, No, no stay. stay. Which is great. Um uh, yeah. just all say it at once. Cause Roderick is like Seems like a lot of weird drama. I'm gonna go. Yes. <laughs> um, then we see Mason and Madison um, wanting to audition for Glee Club. Well, yeah. So so it starts off, they introduce us to the new Glee Club. Yep. With, and by us, I mean all of the old Glee members, um, which is just Jane and Roderick. And then Santana and Quinn and Brittany arrive, heralding two more additions. Uh, like you said, Madison and Mason, Mason. not yeah. Mason. It sounded like Mason. It's, um, it's not Mason it, it would expl- with an e, it's they're, Mason with They're a. fucking weird. Yes, it would make sense if his name was Mason. You are correct. Um, they tell us that they've been champions of the uh, cheer camp karaoke for yeah. like Waffle 13 years. cheer camp. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and they, we find out their parents met in the super group up with people. Yes. Here's the fucking thing, folks. <laughs> Rachel's dads met in Up With People. Yeah. So, did they all meet in Up With People? Well, Does Rachel remember that her fathers met d- in Up Ryan, With People? Does, does Ryan, Ryan Murphy? fucking Murphy remember what he wrote in season goddamn three? <laughs> no, no, and no. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah... Yeah. It's just the same joke a second time! Yeah. How yes. did nobody catch this? 
I mean, I, it would have been fine if they Sam, it. I yeah. had Sam watch the... It's the scene... Um, So it's the Valentine's Day episode. Yes. When they're having dinner at Rachel's dad's house. Yes. And it starts off with the lube joke. Yes. And then it's like, oh, Nate Burkus, Nate Burkus. Oh, we met in the super group up with people. Yes. So. Yeah. No, it's established. Um, It's just lazy. It would have been funny if it actually got mentioned here, but it doesn't. If Rachel... Could have just been like, hey, my dad's met there, too. I mean, that does feel clunky, now that you say it out loud. I think it's just, it feels bad because it's just reusing the same joke. But um, then Rachel's like, great, it's going to be a great year. Everyone, let's have a big hug. And they do. And we get a final song to close out the episode, Home. It's Ed Sharp's home, like the the one with the whistling. I do love my ma and pa, that one. Um, And it sounds... Nice. I like the variation vocals from everyone. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great cover of the song. Sure. It makes sense for Homecoming. Yep. Uh, we get a few different um, scenes while the song is happening. We see um, the bonfire outside where yep. all the original Glebes are here to hang. Yep. Um, and we see the Glebes in the hallway um, singing it all in red. Yeah. It's for this bonfire, supposedly. Um, we also see Mason and Madison singing on the stage as, yep. as if it's their audition for Glee Club. Yep. Um, and uh, we also get a uh, a moment of silence in the music where Sue pulls out a megaphone and screams at the audience, you think this is hard? Try having sex with Michael Bolton without falling in love. Now that's hard. See, they remember that joke, but they don't remember the up with people joke. It's just... Um, so yeah, I mean, we all remember that the well, no. father of Sue's baby is Michael Bolton, but right. the question here is, why is she screaming that specific phrase to an audience of people doing nothing? Yeah, I mean, it just, it would make sense. Because if when she like, screamed it originally, it was at Cheerios, yeah. who couldn't do a routine. Right. And like, I mean, the football team is like around her. As she screams this, but like it doesn't, it it's, it doesn't make sense. It's it doesn't stupid. make sense. It's stupid. It's a reference yeah. to itself, and it is it bad. It's not a good reference. Yeah. Um. And then uh, we also get a shot of like Santana and Puck with like sparklers in front of the yeah. bonfire for not really any reason. Um. And then the Glabies run yeah. through like a little um like arm tunnel. Yeah. Yep. And uh. I, Jane looks so cute in her, yes. like, red cardigan, and she's got, like, a big red corsage on. Adorable. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and she and Roderick, like, sing together at one point. It's yep. so cute. Jane's amazing. I love Jane. <laughs> yes. Um, and finally, we get the best shot. Well, Sam's favorite shot <laughs> yes. of the episode. Yeah. We see Blaine cuddling up with David in yes. the... Uh, Back of a truck. Yeah, it's in the flatbed of a truck. And David seems really happy to be there. Blaine yes. just looks fucking evil. <laughs> yes, no, he's like... He is like staring down Kurt, like not, in, but not in like a like I think you're sexy way, just in kind of like a like Thank like you. I hate you way. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forgive you this way. Um, but yeah, there's also fireworks during this, which is weird. Sure, just it's homecoming. I mean, I guess, but yeah. And it, Will is there. Will and Sue oh, are yeah. like hanging out together. Yeah, the no, true OTP. Emma. No. Does Emma still work at McKinley? Does Emma still live? Um, I don't okay, know. Okay, um, none of, none of those questions can be answered right now. Instead, <laughs> we need to, um... Yeah. 
podcast business. The podcast business with you. I do love my podcast business. Gold stars are never the same without you. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. But it's, but it's a, a metaphor. metaphor. And, and metaphors, metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because, because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor for, for me being a star. star. Whatever. Whatever. We're in the podcast business now. Sam, who's your gold star? I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? No. It's Jane. Obviously, it's oh, Jane. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Of course. Of course it's Jane. Like, Jane's Jane is great. the best. Jane yeah. is great. Um, And I love that, like, Jane never really had to have, like, this long-ass monologue or, like, a yeah. stupid speech to, like, imply who she is. Yeah, no, it, it's nice that, like, her exposition is kind of just done in regular dialogue. It's just done in regular dialogue and, like, dialogue that would make sense for someone to say. Yeah, I, I also like it <laughs> because it doesn't really come off, like, I mean... I just, you know, this show was written, this specifically was written by Ryan Murphy. I don't really need Ryan Murphy's voice coming out of a black woman to mm. explain her position or, like, what she wants and stuff. It's much better to just see her doing it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I would love a Jane monologue at some point. I mean, I'm sure we'll get one. It's just that, like... We'll see. Yeah. Um, and my gold star this week is going to Spencer, oh, the postmodern okay. sure. gay teen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I love his, his <laughs> antagonistic style. energy. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. Okay, yeah. now we need to do best number. Our options are very limited. We have home, problem, sorry, I have to flip to my other page of notes, tightrope, and take on me. There are really only four numbers? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I'm picking tightrope. I'm picking problem. That's fair. I mean, those those two are definitely the best. Um, home is fine. Yeah, home uh, is fine. Um, take on me is fine in terms of like singing. I just hate the aesthetic. Take on me is like, I think it makes sense as like a Glee recruitment number. Like, a, yeah. you know, when those scenes when Glee sings a song when they're trying to recruit and it all goes to shit. Yeah, that's this again. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's fine in that regard, but also it is just sort of boring to see it happen a fourth time. Well, and I'm also uh, gonna so... hold it against the number that they use this shitty like drawing style. Oh, fucking Ryan Murphy. Episode. It's like Ryan Murphy got. Sorry, I'm just gonna make a really, <laughs> really unsettling joke, and I shouldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I mean, but yeah, it's. Just... I was gonna reference like Ryan Murphy's come getting on the. <laughs> God. Like no, no, strip. no, 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 <laughs> no. That's what the catching. Okay, speaking of, we're moving to the last. <laughs> I'm just saying it's masturbatory. Last part of the <laughs> podcast business, the slushy rating. Um, someone did get slushy this episode, so it feels relevant again. Yeah. Um, so we're getting a slushy out of five. Five's the worst. Zero's the best. Yada yada yada. Um, so I, I waffle a little bit on this. I'm. Should oh. I do mine? Would that help you? No, I mean, it's just, I think I'm going to give it three out of five. Yeah. I was leaning towards four out of five, but after going through it again, I think it's actually pretty, like, it's not that bad. It's um. It's just kind of I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Okay. That's where I've been. Sure. Um, it, you know, it's just, I'm really tired. Of, yeah. It's the thesis repeating yes. that's really gotten me down, folks. Yeah. Like, I see it. I see it all laid out before me. You know, when the Glabies were singing together in the hallway, it's like, oh, so we're doing this again. <laughs> yes. And yeah. it's not like these people are all that disparate. No. They all love to sing. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And I mean, I guess my, my reason for aiming towards giving it a higher one is just that, like, I hate the Warblers a yeah. lot. 
Um, but like and the, and that fucking subvert. Yeah. Oh, subverting your expectations. You thought she was gonna get in because they were all nice. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean. I do, I I do actually kind of appreciate the idea that like the patriarchy is just awful. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's like you need to really stretch. Yeah, you need to stretch and like think about it and discuss it. Yeah. multiple times for right. that like to be the, the <laughs> meaning you go- you garner. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Instead, it just seems like the show is bad. Yeah, which I mean, again, the tea party scene by itself is enough to make this episode the worst one ever. But like. I just, I love Jane. Jane yeah, is great. Jane's great. Um, Roderick is pretty good. The twins are fine. I, I just, I want to give it, I, I want to give it a chance, you know? Like, yeah, I sure. want to be like, maybe you can do it this time. The last couple of times were okay. See, maybe, I want to but... give it a, I want to give it a chance too, but you got so upset when I tried to watch the episode, the next yeah, episode we last can't, night. We have to record <laughs> this pure. It has to be clean and pure we can't sully ourselves with more information i'm not sure our listeners care but ignorance is bliss maggie if you do care um i don't know write a review on itunes or suggest us to some of your friends or i guess itunes is gone now whatever yeah podcasts Um, or something yeah uh thanks for listening to our podcast we really do appreciate it there aren't too many episodes left and we're very happy to have you here if you want to connect with us apart from the podcast you can Hit us up on Twitter at SNMHakeLee. Email us at SNMHakeLee at gmail.com. Yep. Or check us out on Patreon. Sam and Maggie Hakeley is yes. what we are over there. Um, we do don't we donate most of the Patreon subscriptions that we have to the Trans Law Center. Thanks so much for listening. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah, until next week when we talk about, and let me pull it up here. Um Season 6, Episode 3, Jagged Little Tapestry. Great. Oh, God. Can't wait for that. Um, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. <laughs>